The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, well, how you doing? You having a good one? Welcome to the show. Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. You can reach out to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani directly at that number, or Ladybug, the studio stunt. Oh, she's not taking calls? She's no, a little under the weather? Take, yeah, she doesn't. She's acting kind of funky down today. I hope she doesn't have pneumonia. Uh, well, Joey's back, by the way. She could have dog flu. Do not say that. Yeah, yeah you no, don't. No, okay. no. We cannot joke about dog flu this year. Wow. It's getting pretty serious. You'll be reporting on it a little later. Is that correct? It has gotten scary, scary serious to the point that dog parks are saying, enter at your own risk. Okay. Yeah, this, this, nothing like this bad, ever huh? before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, where's Dr. Debbie? Let's get Dr. Debbie in here. I want to ask her about this when she gets on in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. The canine flu. We heard about it last year. We heard about it the year mm-hmm. before. Is it as scary? Is it as bad this year? We're going to find out. Uh, with both Tammy and Dr. Debbie right here on Animal Radio today. We'll head to the phones in just a couple of minutes at one 405 8405 You'll want to write that number down. It is week number five as we finish the new pet product special here on Animal Radio. We're going to have giveaways as we have for the last four weeks, five weeks, four weeks. Four weeks, yes. Uh, let's see if we can uh, recap really fast. Okay. Can you one. remember them all? I can remember them all, uh, which is surprising. There was only five of them. <laughs> I know, but still, Hal, we're talking about you. Kitty Kush, I remember that. Oh, yes. That's the uh, the catnip that came out of the pepper grinder. Right. So it's so all cool. fresh. Mm-hmm. You can actually go to your, when your cats are eating, just like in a fancy Italian restaurant, <laughs> you can go up to it. Would you like a little Kitty Kush on your, uh, on top of your tender vittles? Yes. <laughs> and uh, so that was week number one. We gave that away. Week number two. Let's see if I, I remember this in order. Was the green slow feeder for dogs that eat fast. Yes, it slows them down a little bit. Especially if they're predisposed to, like, bloat. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You want oh, that be- was my In-N-Out Burger contraption. Yeah, that was yes. your In-N-Out Burger. And I told you yes. we're going to get one of these so that you can eat your In-N-Out Burgers in it. <laughs> uh, week number three was the voice activity monitor, which goes around your dog's neck yeah and collar and it just monitors monitors are vital signs checks symptoms uh it sets goals and reminders it stores medical records so cool all very cool voice via yce and then we had i fetch last week which was the ball uh pitcher right call that to teach your dog how to play by himself he can put the ball in there and it It shoots the ball out shoots it out it's like on the tennis courts right exactly automatic ball i I know there's a name for that Um, it's Automatic Escaping. ball dispenser. I yeah, whatever it is. But uh, this week, is it for the cat? Is it for the dog? Or is it for both? I think it's for both. And we're going to have mm. giveaways. How exciting. Just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, our heroes this week, Bikers Against Animal Cruelty. Joey, what do you got on tap? Well, if your dog's feet smell like corn chips, Fritos, stay tuned. Well, I was just thinking they do. I'm getting hungry. That's so weird that you're talking about that. Let's go to the phones and talk to you. 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. And we go to Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how are you? Hello. Where are you calling from today? Uh, from Reading, Pennsylvania. I love Reading. 
You know why? Because everybody loves their animals there. I have a, uh, a lab here. What's going on with your lab? Well, she's not mine, but she lives at my house and sleeps at my neighbor's house. Huh. <laughs> you have joint custody then, huh? Yeah, her owner uh, passed away in... Uh, a young woman passed away in January. Okay. So okay. before that, she was got bonded with me, and now she's totally bonded to me. And when she comes over, like every day, like she is now, she'll drink a little bit of cold water, which she likes, loves water, and then she'll, like, uh, upchuck a little bit of uh, foam. Okay. And then sometimes she'll even upchuck a little bit of food. Mm, okay. She has no trouble eating, you know, and she does eat. She don't eat continually, but sometimes this occurs when she just obstructs. I'm just wondering if she has an obstruction in her throat or what. Yeah, and, and if she had a complete obstruction, then I w- would expect we'd see more problems, you know, when she does eat. Um, but, you know, Labradors are a breed where where they are especially prone to laryngeal paralysis um, and that is a problem in the larynx where they can have some altered uh, nerve function so um, th- that's definitely one thing that I can think of the other thing that comes to mind would be a whole category of diseases involving the esophagus but specifically mega esophagus which is when the esophagus doesn't move uh, food or water um, in a nice smooth motion immediately after they swallow. And it can actually hang up and kind of uh, sit inside the esophagus. Um, so that can cause a dog to regurgitate and bring up either fluid, phlegm, or food that kind of sits there. Um, not even so, a lot. What's that? It's not even a lot. It's just a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So She drinks that water. I'm thinking maybe she's once it and she drinks it too fast or well, I would say be, being a Labrador and being that they can have both of these are kind of neurologic problems involving the swallowing um, or even some breathing issues. So I, I would be inclined to make sure that this gal has a, a chest x-ray because um, some of these things we can pick up esophagus problems pretty pretty standardly on an x-ray. If we have something, it is important to know that because there can be risks of things like aspiration pneumonia. So if we accidentally re-swallow some food that's coming up as she's bringing it up, and it goes down into the lungs, that can be very serious and life-threatening. So um, I, I would say rather than the watch-and-wait approach, I would encourage you to, to see your veterinarian and, and have her screen for that. Yeah. Uh, and then can I ask you, does she, does she do any kind of, like, really heavy, loud breathing? Um, oh, she's, she's pretty much overweight. Uh-huh. You know, she's six years old, and she's pretty much overweight. Okay. They tried, I think they tried putting her on a, before her owner died, she tried putting her on a a low-calorie diet. Okay. But does she have any problems breathing where she sounds like at rest, like she's like... (sighs) Oh, not really. No, she's laying there now and just resting normally, you know. Okay. It doesn't sound like anything's going on there. Okay, good, good. But yeah, I, I would definitely, I'd encourage you to get that looked at. Um, if it was a matter of, you know, it only happened when she ate, say, solid food, then we could try experimenting with different consistencies of she food. But if it's all her food, it's just, how many times do you say? Once or twice? It's a little bit of food, not much. Right, right. But it's still abnormal. So I, I, I'm still going to say that I think this warrants take, taking yeah. a look. So, yeah. yeah, I would. And uh, it's better to, you know, find out, see if I'd this is something we need to address. Because it's, it's 
not my dog. I wish he'd give the dog up to me because Aww. the dog's not bonded with him. Aww. He never was bonded with the dog. You know? Well, this will be your case. This will be your opportunity to say, hey, so, I really want to get this baby taken care of, and I think we have something we need to look at. Would you authorize sign- signing over ownership to me? And, and if that's something that you can make a compelling argument, maybe. I'd ask. And I tried to do that. I, I told him if you ever want to let go of the dog, you know, rather than give it to a shelter or whatever, I would take it. The mm-hmm. dog is a perfect dog. Mm-hmm. He's so well-mannered, you know? Yeah. And... She started coming over here about three years ago, and, and now it's it's every day. You know, he'll leave overnight or he'll leave for a couple of days, and he's not concerned of where she is or whatever. He knows where she is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he just doesn't have the manners to, to tell me he's going to be away or call me, you know, or anything like that. Huh. Yeah, well, you're and a good step-parent, so. Because we, we love this dog, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, a very lucky dog. Thank you so much for calling. If you have any other further questions, you can call anytime you want at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. John is calling from New Orleans. How you doing? Uh, we're breaking up very badly. Yeah. What's uh, going on with your animal? Well, he's he's being in the house. Uh, he's a, he's from the shelter. I adopted him about three months ago, and. Uh, they started him on a heartworm program, and I can't exercise him due to the medication. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a lot of energy. I don't know if that's connected with it, but, I mean, he will just let it go. Uh, I just finished cleaning up an enormous big pool of it. Is this a cat or a dog? This is, this is a, a dog. dog. He's a German Shepherd. He's a smart animal, and I don't know what's going on with it, uh, whether it's the medication for the heartworms or... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and um, just to clarify, so he's being treated with four heartworm disease, which means that he's being treated by the heavy-duty melarsamine, which um, helps to kill the, the adult worms. And when that happens, pets have to be confined strictly um, because activity, exercise, running, playing can actually cause those dying worms to lodge and cause blockages. Um, and that can actually cause a, a fatal event. So that's why that activity restriction is so imperative in a pet being treated for heartworm disease. So um, it can be really tough because, you know, they do get they get anxious, they get built up, pent up energy. So for some dogs, uh, you know, if it's appropriate and it's cleared with a veterinarian, I will use some tranquilizers and sedatives to kind of help calm them um, at certain times of the day. Um, but beside that, you know, your problem with urination and the, urinating in the house, um, it would not typically be a symptom related to the heartworm treatment, um, but it's always a great idea to have that urine sample checked with your veterinarian to make sure there's not something going on, because if there's not, then we're going to focus more on getting kind of back to the core basics with training. Um, an anxious or um, kind of freaked out pet who has all this energy that can't go outside may be more prone to eliminating in the house, either through urine marking or just soiling in the house. So um, in those instances, we really have to do supervised uh, outdoor trips to go to the potty area, and you have to go back and treat him almost like he's a puppy. Um, you know, where you praise, take him out on a leash, you know, give him loads of uh, affection and the occasional treat even for doing that outside. Um, and supervision really is key in these situations. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me ask yeah. you one last question, Doc. Uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of gas. I don't know what to do for him. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. And is he is he a pretty? You said he's a pretty high strung fella. Does he do a lot of panting, a lot of running around yeah. the house? Yes, he does. Okay, because one common cause of excess gas is excess ingestion of air. And this is one reason why a lot of the bulldogs and the squishy-faced dogs have tremendous gas is because they're always kind of going, (coughs) swallowing air. Um, This is where maybe, you know, a a sedative or an anti-anxiety medicine might help that uh, regard as well. Now, if not, and we still have a lot of gas, there's a couple things you can do. One thing is dietary altering. Um, So sometimes... One type of diet or one brand might settle with a pet's digestive system better than another. And in, in, in a pinch, there are some occasional dogs I give Beano to. <laughs> That's what I told my wife we were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but I'd rather see you try a different diet first, so. Okay. <laughs> I was talking to my wife about that, too, and she, but she wanted it for me. She was, uh, that was a whole different story. Hey, I appreciate your call today. Good luck with that, John. This serving of Animal Radio is underwritten by World best cat litter. Listen up, cat people. Yeah, you. You know who you are. It seems like it's just litter until you realize those big boxes can mean big smells, big messes, and ultimately... Big money. Big money, yes. Here's what I found out. World's best cat litter is the only litter with concentrated power, and I want to share that with you. It's as simple as that. You can learn more at tryworldsbest.com. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs, thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. What are our pets trying to tell us? That it's time for the 1-800-PET-MEDS Calling All Pets Sweepstakes and Contest, where one lucky dog and cat will be in our next TV commercial. To enter, go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com and post your pet's photo. And while there, get the same flea, tick, and heartworm medications as your vet, but for up to 50% less. No purchase necessary. Open to legal U.S. and D.C. residents. Void where prohibited. Ends 5-12-15. See official rules for entry and age details at tv.1800petmeds.com. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're an environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free, plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, Pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
Wednesdays, checking out our Facebook page a few minutes ago. It's easy to get lost down that rabbit hole. Every Wednesday, we do the Wacky Wednesday contest where you upload your wackiest pet pictures and we vote on them. Actually, we don't vote on them. You vote on them. The most likes, the most shares by the end of the day picks up some awesome prizes. And, uh, of course, if you don't have, as I always say, if you don't have wacky pictures of your pet, well, go take some right now. I'm sure you could think of something pretty wacky. And if you don't, well, then at least go over to the Facebook page and vote. Uh, this week, up for grabs is from Open Farm. It's some dog food, but it's the first ethically raised and sourced pet food. Ethically raised? Yes. You want to make sure that you're feeding your pet the best, but you also want to do good for the farm animals and stuff, so you want to make sure that it's it's from sustainably farmed meats, ocean-caught fish, and then just local vegetables, so you're not only feeding your animals That's cool. food, you're actually doing good for the farm animals. It's like a too. company with a conscience. It's a company with a conscience, yes, and it's called Open Farm. They're uh, from Canada. Hmm. From Canada. You know a little bit about Canada. America's sombrero. Huh? Don't you? <laughs> That's all I'm saying is it's probably pretty good. I'm going to try some myself. And I actually try all the food. Yes, you do. I, I want to make sure that uh, if, I, if they're going to eat it, I'm going to eat it first. Sometimes I lift my leg, too. Uh, Joey, or who am I going to? Tammy, I'm sorry. I'm so confused. Yes. Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? Well, anybody who lives with a cat may think that this, you know, cats have ESP. Yep. Uh, I, you know, you watch your cat. They suddenly do all kinds of crazy things, and then they don't, and... You never know what they're thinking. Well, I know about a cat named Oscar, and he has a mission in life, and it all centers around knowing something about people. Ooh, and you don't want him to show up in your place. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, but you know if it's going to happen, it would be nice to have Oscar there, I think. Okay, that's all the way with Tammy Trujillo right here on Animal Radio. Let's hit the phones. Well, hello, Diabra. Hello, Dr. Henry. Hi there. Hi, How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. You? I can't complain, and, and Hal wouldn't listen, and certainly no one else would listen. <laughs> but my dogs do, so that's the great thing. Do you have doggies yourself? Yes, ma'am. I got one. Okay. How's it going? Uh, Everything going well? Yes, um, not being at, at home in the state of Washington, uh, three months ago, would not let me get her Sentinel. They okay. said that um, she has to have blood work done every, okay. uh, every year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden they've done that on me. And um, so she's gone three months without her medication. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure what the heartworm incidence is in your particular area, but, but I can tell you that at my office we do, um, and I hate to say require because that's such a bad word, but we do suggest that there's an annual heartworm test when a pet is on preventative. Um, there's a couple reasons for that, and it's part, mostly for your pet safety. But the biggest reason is that uh, we know that not every product is 100% effective, and that whether it be shortcomings where a dog might vomit up their pill outside, um, or um, maybe that there's some drug-resistant uh, heartworm strains out there, um, those are certainly possible causes of why we might be worried that a pet that's on preventative might still get the disease, and that's why we would retest on an annual basis. And there's some seasonality to infections and um, depending on the you know where you're at in the country and if you're on year round or part of the year. So there's definitely some possibilities where we can see a pet that's on preventative getting the disease. And um, she's been on it since she was uh, four to six weeks old and uh, I'm the over the road truck driver and I've been all over the United States. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Well, if, and she goes with you? Oh yes, yeah. she's been with on the truck since she was four weeks old, 
and uh, yeah. she has... So um, you're, you're, you're traveling through a lot of different uh, states then, and, and I would have to say that I, I would endorse that recommendation to have her tested yearly, and um, you know, even us being the most well-intentioned pet owners, sometimes things can happen, and no medication is 100%, and I'd have to say that there's actually a lot of manufacturers and these drug producers, they will endorse their product and guarantee it if you buy it through the normal veterinary channels. And I can say that for um, the oh, one that's company. That's all I have on any of her stuff. It's through the veterinarian. And well, see, I've been giving her the sentinel, and uh-huh. I've been putting the front line, the one that you get uh, at the vet, uh-huh. on her because in some states they have more of a flea problem or a tick oh, sure. than others. So, I, you know, I have those two things on her. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of the right stuff, and, um, you know, I, I think it's great to question as far as and ask why this needs to be done, but I would have to say your pet is probably in a little bit higher risk group because you're going through a lot of different climates versus, you know, say some dog that maybe lives in a dry climate like Las Vegas where we don't have as much heartworm as some of these other parts of the country. So um, I would have to say, I would say that's still a good, sound medical decision, and I would embrace that, what your, what your vet has recommended and i think it's it may seem unnecessary but heaven forbid your pet's the one that comes up positive and we are misled believing that the pet is protected so my husband had a question he was wondering if uh, pets can get heartworms and humans cats certainly can and in, in some areas of the country where heartworm is a big problem the kitties are actually put on preventative now humans i don't believe they get it because it's, it's a little bit different um but uh, yeah cats certainly can and even ferrets have been known to develop heartworm disease so if you're in an area that has mosquitoes you should be thinking heartworm for your dogs and cats one 405 to talk to any one of the dream team right now You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, we, of course, have our flu season, and sadly, so do our dogs. And this one is apparently a bad one. According to reports, more than 1,300 dogs have been affected by the disease in Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. At least six of the dogs have died. It's so bad that some dog parks have posted signs warning dog guardians that they are entering at their own risk if their dogs have not been vaccinated. The vaccination won't prevent a dog from getting canine influenza, but it will reduce the severity and duration. Doctors say it usually takes a few weeks for the vaccine to take effect. So should your dog get the vaccine? Well, some experts say it's not necessary if your dog basically stays at home, but that it would be a good idea if your pet is around other dogs. And they say it's really important to make sure your pet has a healthy immune system by feeding it a balanced diet to help him or her fight off the virus if they get it. And no, you can't get the flu from your dog and your dog can't get the flu from you. Well, cats, they are mysterious creatures, no doubt about that. Some people think they have kind of an ESP to them as well. 
Oscar is a cat who has demonstrated he does certainly have some sort of mystical power. He's lived at Steer Home Nursing and Rehab in Rhode Island since he was a little kitten seven years ago. And he's developed the ability to sense when a person is going to pass. And he goes into their room to comfort them as they go. He actually curls up next to the person and purrs as they leave this world. So far, he's never been wrong. Oscar has accurately predicted the deaths of more than 50 residents of the home. Of course, there could be a scientific explanation for Oscar's gift. One of the theories revolves around his ability to smell death in the form of ketones or the biochemical given off by dying cells. Either way, some of the residents there, they say they take solace in knowing that in their final moments, Oscar's going to be right there with them. Well, the Austin Bergstrom International Airport in Texas, it's about to get a lot more pet friendly. The airport's building a pet hotel. It will have room for about 150 dogs and cats. And once it opens, people will be able to drop their pet off on their way to the airport. Hotel staff will then valet park the car. And then when you get back, you can pick up your dog or your cat and your car all at the same time. While you're away, your pets will play. There'll be a big grassy yard and a pool for dogs to play in along with some training classes. The pet hotel should be open by next summer. Prices will run about $40 a night and $35 per day for daycare. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free. 1-866-405-8405. Just a couple of minutes, we're going to find out about Frito Feet. Is that correct, Joey? Frito Feet? That's what it says here on the document. You know what? It's it's they smell like corn chips, but people relate the corn chips to Fritos, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about your dog's feet and that corn chip smell. That is so weird because I actually noticed that with my cat has. Have you, have you ever smelled Boog's feet? No, I haven't smelled the cat's feet. you got to ask, what are these people doing smelling <laughs> cat's feet? Well, that's something that, Dr. Debbie, you smell, that's your whole job is you need to smell. I love, well, smells for me are great clues. But i got to say, smelling cat feet, think where they tread with those feet Oh, first. litter boxes. <laughs> oh, that's right, how It's the same with dogs, though. You know where that tongue was before it gave you a kiss. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's go to the phones and take care of Abby right now. Hi, Abby. How are you? Hello. Great, thanks. Where are you calling from? 
Uh, Middle Valley, California. What's going on up there? Do we have problems with the animal today? <laughs> yeah, a bit. Um, I have a Himalayan Flame Point uh, rescue cat. He's around 12 or 13, mm. and he's getting pretty um, portly. He weighed in at 17 pounds Ooh. yesterday. Okay. Um, he's indoor, outdoor. He eats uh, rats and mice on a pretty regular basis. I feed him uh, less than a cup of dry a day and a half a can of small wet every other day. Um, okay. I do have another cat that I feed at the same time as well. Okay. It's never about the absolute number with dogs, cats, and people. So it's really more about the body condition score. So some of that is visual and also by feeling. So with any cat, we would like to see a little bit of a tucked up abdomen. Um, we don't want to see kind of that rotund kind of potato shape, as I call it. Yeah. yeah and then that dangling that. Buddha belly that some cats get in the, the lower abdomen area. I mean, all of those kind of things are indicators that we're, overweight. Um, Obese is in that category where we're really just morbidly overweight. So if we're overweight by body condition, something's got to give in the equation. And the challenge can be with an outdoor cat is controlling those calories. For Mm -hmm. a cat that lives indoors, this can be a a relatively simple equation to Mm -hmm. control because we put the food down, we provide X amount of treats. That becomes very difficult if we have a cat that's, you know, going out and hunting. And, And granted, when cats hunt, they don't always ingest what they hunt. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'd have to calculate. I think I once figured it out for a client that how many uh, 50 kilocalories uh, in a mouse. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> oh, it, that would be if they uh, mm-hmm. ate one full mouse, you know, and some will you right. know, eat the head or parts of them or, you know, or just kill them and leave them. So that would be kind of hard to calculate unless we really had like a camera following him around <laughs> to see what he was yeah. up to. Um, not right. to mention, if he's outside and he's, um, you know, finding other food, I don't know if you have neighbors in the area or anything like that, but that also is another source of calories that you just can't control if he's out kind of working the neighborhood, if you will. <laughs> right. Well, should I just start feeding him less dry food? I mean, that seems to be the most logical, but he seems to be, like, starving all the time. So, Cats and dogs will cry. They will vocalize. And a lot of times it's attention seeking to, to ask for food and that works really well for them. And that's why they do it. Um, the fact that okay. he's overweight, you know, he's not starving. So yeah, um, yeah. that would be one thing is volume restricting. And we can only get so far with that with some animals because you don't want to necessarily cut back too much to where they're going to feel that they need to eat. Um, and dogs will often see them eat in or unusual things because, you know, if you restrict mm. them too much because they can actually right. develop, you know, deficiencies with a cat. Right. Um, if we can, you know, control the calories. So really, you know, work on uh, making sure none of your neighbors are leaving food out or feeding him. Um, can't do much about the mice um, and the rats if he's out uh, finding prey there. But yes, control what you're feeding at home. There are weight loss diets um, in some of the the newer ones out there. Um, Science Diet makes one called Metabolic Diet, which I've had some Hmm. really wonderful success with Mm -hmm. weight loss. And it's different than a lot of the old formulas of lower calories, higher fiber. Um, It actually has a natural balance of uh, a balance of natural ingredients that actually activates the lean dog or cat genes in the body and it mm. it deactivates the genes that are recognized as what we see in a fat animal mm. um, okay. so it works it works very kind of neat um, but that too if he's getting you know 
the same amount of food somewhere else, you're, you're only going to get partial, you know, benefit right. from that. But is that would that be one food, food you can. Oh, sorry. Is that food okay for my thin, my regular weight cat too? Well, it's really not a diet we would put a, a lean uh, cat on. Um, you know, and again, I'd have to see your cat, feel the other cat to see if, if we had a little room to spare with that diet or not. Um, yeah. but I would certainly, you know, ask your veterinarian if they feel that would be appropriate to use for both the cats or, you know, if you have to go to separate feedings. And I always have people with multi-cats say, Oh my gosh, I can't feed my cat separately. You know, they, they have to put the bowl out. And I had cats, um, for years and I fed them separately every day of their life because I had one cat that was like Jack Spratt and uh, and I had to feed him in a laundry room and uh, just feed him separate food and then when they developed health problems you know it was even more important one was on a kidney diet one was on a weight loss diet and it's just how we fed twice a day so it can be done it just it takes it takes effort Mm -hmm. and commitment to do that and Mm -hmm. and I know it's unpleasant sometimes (laughs) okay okay well thanks for the the, um that information. Um, can I ask another question about those detachable um, cat collars? Sure. Mm-hmm. The breakaway collars? Yeah. My cats would lose them within 48 hours. And I mean, are, are the regular collars really that dangerous? They can be. And if cats are outside going under bushes, um, you know, if they're out in the world, um, yeah, I would be hard-pressed to put a, a standard collar on. I would definitely do the breakaway. But um, that, that does become a, a lifestyle problem, um, how to safely put a collar on them. And I would make sure you do have a backup of a microchip for any cat that goes outside. So that's yeah. one extra assurance for you. Back from his deathbed. Wow. Dogfather Joey Villani, who uh, wasn't here last week, he had pneumonia, and I actually didn't think he'd be back by this week. So soon. So soon, but you are. You're a little weak today, but you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm weak, but I'm here. I'm here. So yeah, what's pneumonia like? I've never ago. had that. It was a, it was the weirdest um, it was the weirdest feeling I had because I really didn't know I had anything that was that serious. Um, I just started feeling weak and I started I just didn't feel right. It was like let's put it this way it was like a supercharged case of the flu almost is what I felt like okay but without the stuffiness in the nose and all. But my lungs weren't that bad but apparently they were. I mean to me they didn't feel that that bad and. Um, you know, they put me in the hospital right away, and fluids, and ventilator, and, and you know, a couple of days later, and here I am. And of course, that was in D.C., so far from home. <laughs> I spent a couple of days in the hotel um, resting before I got, you know. Oh, that out. sucks. That sucks. Wow. But I'm so glad that you're back. Yeah, we're glad you're back and feeling better. You don't even need to do a tip today. Just your presence is exciting. But if you'd like to go ahead and do a tip, okay, that's I won't fine. say nothing then. Okay. Now, actually, <laughs> it's 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 funny because somebody in DC asked me this question, and okay. um, was, I thought it was a pretty cool question. And um, they wanted to know they they can't stand the smell of their dog's pads. They said their dog's pads smell like what are they doing? Chips. They're smelling their they do oh, smell, they smell like, like Fritos. Fritos. They do. I have Fritos. noticed that. corn chips. Yes, yeah. and. You know, I mean, this this goes back years to me. It took me back to a place where I used to work with this very, very well-known handler, um, Marjorie. And Marjorie um, used to say that if your dog's feet smell like or pets smell like corn chips, it's the sign of a healthy dog. Oh. And to be quite honest with you, it's it's um, it's dog smell. You're really not going to get rid of it. You can mask the problem for a short period of time. So you're saying that partic- the dog doesn't have a problem, but if you're smelling your dog's pad, maybe you have a problem. Is that what you're saying? That, my, that or a fetish. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it could be, could be one or the other. I don't know. 
But um, this person wanted to put um, deodorant on their dog's feet, like underarm deodorant. I told oh, them absolutely, no. I, I would not. I wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, it's not good for us. I definitely wouldn't do yeah. that. You know, the, at the end of the day, that's what your dog smells like. I mean, they make all types of, of colognes and shampoos made for pets to mask odors, but it's only going to come right back. So um, if it's um, something that you really, really can't stand, I would say don't get another pet then after that um, because you want that because, you know, your pet is healthy. So. Well, that's good Move to know. On. I was. Move you know, on. I had smelled my pet's feet once, and I wasn't going to say to anyone that it smelled like Fritos, just because I thought that might sound crazy. But now that you've mentioned that, I feel so much better, and I'm sure that there are people all across the country right now just a sigh of relief. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. Animal Radio. We're celebrating our connection with our pets. Here's our toll-free number. 1-866-405-8405. You can ask Dr. Debbie your questions or dog father Joey Villani. Uh, but now it's uh, it's time for our hero. I'm very excited about this weekend's hero. Bikers Against Animal Cruelty. And we have Greg Belcher joining us. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about the organization and how it got started. Okay. Uh, our organization started about eight years ago now. Um, from uh, two founding members named Cindy and VJ uh, Pergolese, and with the um, the outlet, which is the plan of helping the abused and neglected animals um, throughout the the country. Well, why did why did you guys pick that? Why did you say we want to help the abused animals? Was there a certain case or something that inspired you? Uh, yes, actually, when the Michael Vick case came out about uh, eight years ago now, um, they decided to really uh, ramp it up. They filed for nonprofit status. We have been a nonprofit now for eight years. Um, we do a bunch of events throughout the, throughout the year um, just to help raise awareness for all the animals that are being abused. How many people are in the organization, and uh, do you all have hogs or bicycles? Can you, if you, can you have a tricycle? If I have a Kawasaki, <laughs> could I be involved? Absolutely. We, we actually have uh, members that ride um, multiple-style bikes, and we also have members that don't ride at all, but they're very compassionate about what we do, um, and they want to be able to help as well. What events will we find you at? Um, we have an event coming up uh, at the end of May, but we actually do what we call our breakout ride, where we uh, we get a bunch of biting uh, people together, uh, ask the public to come with us, and we just kind of make take a ride. Uh, we are actually going to stop at two uh, really great organizations. One is uh, called the Brantford Compassion Club, where they uh, help uh, cats, and the other is called All the King's Horses Rescue, which is uh, they help um, horses and donkeys and, and animals, like farm animals, more or less. So how many animals do you think you have helped so far? And what is one of the, I want to say, the worst case that turned into the best case? Uh, that We've helped quite a few. I honestly don't have the exact number. I mean, we get... Um, thousands? Cases, yes, thousands. I mean, we get cases all the time. Um, we have a board or our officers actually sit down and we'll discuss it and make sure it actually does fit our mission. Um, we have had a few that came in that didn't fit. We have the ones that came in where they weren't what they say they were. Um, so we have to really be careful on that type of stuff. 
when you think of bikers, or at least 10 years ago when you thought of bikers. <laughs> the Hells Angels yeah, comes to mind. I guess yes. 20 years ago. You think yeah. of the, the big scary bikers. Is that right. is that what we're looking at here? Or do you have all kinds? And uh... We are the total opposite. Um, we are basically just a bunch of enthusiastic motorcyclers that like to ride. Um, none of us are, are, in, are looked that way. I mean, some of us have beards and goatees and we have one here tattoos, but we're not that, we're not that type. Yeah. Do you have sidecars? Do we have sidecars? No, we don't. <laughs> Because I know that's uh, that's the big deal now is getting little sidecars for your dog for your to dog. go along. Yeah, yeah. Along. I, I'm I kind of on the fence on that one. I'm not sure I really like the idea of not have, having your dog in a sidecar. I don't feel it's safe for them. Uh, oh, that's yeah. true. That's, yeah. my first, that's only my personal opinion, though. But it's safe for you, though. It's, well, I know the <laughs> risk. They they don't. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Okay, so you're going to be in Connecticut now. Of course, we are a national show. So if you're listening in the Connecticut area, where where is the event happening? When is it uh, made? Event is May 31st, and it's going to start at Rise and Shine Cafe in Middletown. Rise and, and Shine Cafe. And it's going to go to uh, Tony Z's uh, restaurant in Northford. That sounds like fun. I might just go get a bike for that. Of course, it'll be <laughs> it'll have training wheels. I was going to say, how you don't know that's how to ride you it. You can bring trikes with you. It's okay. <laughs> okay, that's May 31st, the Rise and Shine Cafe, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to put all that information over at AnimalRadio.com. You guys are doing great work. You're our hero this week, so give yourself a big old hug from all of us, okay? All right. Thank you very much. And like I said, if you check out our website, we have multiple events throughout the season, too. It is bikersagainstanimalcruelty.org. Bikersagainstanimalcruelty.org. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. That is so cool to see these guys doing that. Doing Don't you think? Doing good work, yes. Because they always, you know, they, the bikers always had such a bad reputation, like you say, years ago. The word bikers just automatically meant something horrible. Oh, it would make my hair stand up. Yeah. And now there's they do a lot of good for, for children for animals and uh joey yeah. you have a bike don't you you're a bike yeah i do i've had i've had bikes for years and hung out with a lot of bikers and you know what usually most bike well most bikers i know they're all big pet lovers yeah <laughs> they are they have a you know they're not as scary as they look they have that soft side no they can be yeah they can be yeah yeah they can be <laughs> Uh, Tammy, what are you working on? Uh, here's a story that's all over the Internet, and I know you've seen it about this veterinarian and what she did in Texas. Well, we're going to update you on this story that is literally blowing up the Internet and crashing websites all over the place. And uh, Ricky Gervais, the comedian actor, mm-hmm. responsible, uh-huh. I think single-handedly responsible for it blowing up on the Internet. Really? Personally, I really? think. Oh, I didn't know that part. He's uh, behind that. I'm trying to get uh, Judy to get him on the show because he is—he hates these trophy hunters. They're crazy. And in this particular case in Texas, just another example of stupidity at its finest. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll find out about that with news with Tammy Trujillo at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Company of Animals. Let's say you have one of those animals that you like to teach the basics, like come and sit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are just uh, got a brand new puppy or something. And th- those are some pretty basic things you definitely want to teach your animals. The clicks range by Company of Animals includes uh, clickers, gotta love clickers, whistles, target sticks, long lines, and a whole bunch more. These are the basic tools that you need to train your animals. And you can find the right ones for your needs by visiting companyofanimals.us. I want them all. Thanks, guys, for <laughs> underwriting Animal Radio. Good people. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. She was shot, dragged by a dog, hung upside down, and then left in the household refrigerator for two days. But a duck, now named Perky, seems to have come back to life. 
A hunter's wife in Florida got an unusual greeting when she opened up her refrigerator door. A duck that her husband had shot two days earlier lifted up her head. She called her daughter, who took the duck to the vet. Perky the duck had suffered a broken leg and a broken wing, but was given to the Goose Creek Wildlife Sanctuary, where she'll live out her life in a sort of duck paradise. Now that's one lucky duck. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. The big news is the canine flu. And we, you know, we heard this last year too. We heard that there was a, an outbreak last year and maybe even the year before. And we heard during those times that it was scary bad. And now we're hearing the same thing about Ground Zero, Chicago, with the canine flu, an outbreak uh, really kind of breaking out there is what's happening with breakouts. That's what breakouts do, is they break yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think what's what's in, interesting about the dog flu is it's kind of episodic. So it's not something that we see year-round. We do tend to see um, episodes of it coming up. So every year there tends to be pockets of infection that are being reported. Uh, this is a particularly bad one in the Chicagoland area, which is also affecting, you know, they found it in other states nearby. What makes it particularly um, bad, though? Well, the the thing that the the virus itself for the average dog is they've never seen it before. So that means that pretty much every dog that is exposed to the canine influenza virus is going to get sick to some degree, mm. or they're or they're going to at least become infected. There are some dogs that may be infected but never show any kind of clinical symptoms. So that kind of makes it a little challenging when you're trying to control infectious disease, um, you know, just like a person who's not showing outward symptoms of the flu. Um, but that's one of the big reasons is because just dogs are naive to it. They've never been exposed to it. And vaccination for canine influenza has really not been very widespread because it hasn't been a major player. Um, and it's not what we call one of our core uh, vaccines. Um, but it is, a, it, it is a very big concern. We know that that over a thousand animals have been reported and confirmed ill with canine influenza, and I think to date there's been six deaths. Um, so it is something of big concern, and um, it spreads very readily. What are the um, so signs that we look for? The signs are going to be coughing, nasal discharge. Um, many dogs can run a really high fever. Um, those that some dogs will develop a mild form, which will kind of look like kennel cough. And that's the challenge, is it can look like all those other agents in kennel cough. Some will actually go on to develop pneumonia, and those are the ones that we're worried about the fatalities. And those pets typically fall sick very quickly, within hours. They may run a fever up to 104 or 106, and those are the ones that are really going to be uh, the concerns, um, like I said, for fatalities. Have you seen anything in uh, Vegas where you're at? Fortunately not. We have not seen that, you know, but we do see a lot of canine respiratory disease and this kind of falls into the whole kennel cough scenario. So there's viruses, bacteria, which all kind of cause these similar symptoms. So the good thing is that in areas not impacted by the outbreak, most coughing dogs don't have the dog flu. Um, but I do think it is very important if you are in an area impacted. Um, so and I do believe that's Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, Indiana have seen cases recently associated with this. So you really 
really need to be vigilant. Um, in those areas, we'd w- caution people to, you know, not take their dogs to doggy daycare or try to avoid boarding or going into group dog activities during this time. Mm. Just let things settle down. Let any infected dogs recover. Um, and let those facilities that might have to shut down, you know, disinfect their properties so that we can make sure that we can stop the outbreak at that point. Should we be more concerned than we were last year when this came about? Is it any different? Well, this year, what they have actually, the, the outbreak in, in Chicago area, they actually thought it was the standard um, canine influenza virus, which we type as H3N8. And this is the same virus that first came up in 2004 when racing greyhounds fell ill with it. And it's kind of been the one that's been circulating. Now, in Chicagoland, they have since discovered it wasn't that particular strain, but it's actually H3N2. Um, which actually um, may have originated from Asia, where dogs actually had it from there. Um, so it's a little different strain. So um, still very similar symptoms that we know with the other um, variety. Um, but there's a vaccine, and I think that's kind of the big thing, is that we don't know if the new strain will be protected um, by the current uh, vaccine that's out there. But, um, you know, I still think a lot of folks are still, um, it's very important for them to vaccinate um, if they are in a high-risk group until we know more about, you know, cross-protection. Prior to getting it, right? You can't vaccinate Pri- after, yes. Yeah, you want to have your pet protected against it, you know, prior to. So if your dog does do um, high-risk activities, meaning, you know, going around a lot of other dogs, going to dog shows, uh, performance activities, boarding, daycare, things like that, then you may want to consider the vaccination at least. Um, we know that protects um, or it helps to decrease the severity of canine influenza for the first strain. Uh, doesn't mean they won't be able to get it, but um, they'll hopefully have less uh, symptoms and sure. be less apt to shed it into you know the virus to, for other dogs to okay. acquire it. Tomorrow in Chicago, after 20 years, Bark in the Park is canceled because of this. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah, a 20-year wow. event that uh, usually fills up the park, and there's lots of people that show in up with Chicago. their animals for this in Chicago. Uh, it has been canceled. They're doing what they call iBark in the park. You're going to hopefully do this virtually, and uh, you can learn more at anticruelty.org. I've just learned that we have on the phone from the AVMA, Dr. Asbros, joining us. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? Hi. How are you today? Very good. Thank you. What can you tell us? What can you enlighten us about the canine flu virus, and how serious is it a risk for anyone? Well, we, yeah, I think you just got a, a pretty good uh, primer on, on uh, canine influenza and, and certainly the, uh, the current uh, outbreak uh, in the Midwest. This is a virus that has come, uh, probably come over from some southern China and Korea, which is where we've seen this particular strain of canine influenza before. But it's a new strain for us in North America. And so, as we said earlier, the dogs in North America have not been exposed to this virus at all. It's a novel virus, and so everybody's everybody's at risk. This is a disease that, for dogs who shed it, and you start shedding this virus before you are ever um, um, obvious for any kind of symptoms. Um, So just like flu for people, it's very quickly to spread, very widely spread, very quickly. Uh, and for a population that is naive to this virus, that doesn't have any antibodies for it, um, it's going to spread to pretty much everybody. Fortunately, not everybody's going to get really sick, but it's not always easy to say who is going to get sick, who is going to run a very high fever, who is going to develop pneumonia. And so uh, canceling uh, a big dog event in Chicago seems like a, a pretty pretty good decision smart decision uh, on the part of the organizers 
What about uh, us in California here? Should we be worried about it, or if we live in Florida or, or other parts of the country that right now don't have any cases reported? Well, dogs travel just as people travel across the world. Um, you know, in in the blink of an eye, in the in the in the duration of a plane flight, more and more our dogs travel with us um, to to across the country. So, uh, yeah, people in in uh, other parts of the country do have to be aware. Uh, once this uh, virus gets um, into the population, it does spread pretty quickly, and lots of dogs these days. Uh, go to doggy daycare, go to the dog park, uh, do get into situations where they're exposed to lots of other dogs. So I think people should be aware. Uh, people should be talking to their veterinarians about whether or not they want to uh, vaccinate for the one flu virus um, that we have a vaccine for, and it is an effective vaccine. Um, and uh, talk to your veterinarian about uh, about the risks your dog um, at with your dog's uh, level of of, of uh, uh, health um, should be exposed to. You said the uh, one vaccine that we have right now does that cover the strain that we have right now that we're discovering, or is that a different strain that it covers? No, it was that was the uh, the strain of um, of canine influenza that's been available been around in the U.S. since about two thousand and. Uh, is uh, is H3N8, okay. and that's what the vaccine has been developed for, and okay. uh, that's what it protects against. Okay. Well, hopefully this will not be a big outbreak as we've heard in the past. I know last year we were a little concerned about it. I didn't know if uh, we should get panicked about it this year or not. It sounds like it's something that you should consult your veterinarian and ask them if they think that your animal should be on uh, that particular vaccine to prevent them from getting the canine flu. Dr. Aspros from the AVMA, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. We'll head back to the phones for calls for Dr. Debbie at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. That not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. I'm your pet, woof, meow, and now that it's getting warmer, I'll be getting out a lot more. Yep, where the fleas and ticks are. Good thing 1-800-PET-MEDS offers the same flea, tick, and heartworm medications as the vet, but for up to 50% less. 1-800-PET-MEDS also has fast, free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So call or go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com today and protect me, your pet. Free shipping on orders over $49. 
You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7899. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio, and I, I'm, I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll go over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Our numbers are 1-866-405-8405. You can also download the Animal Radio app free for Android and iPhone and BlackBerry and ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app. It's a fun app. They've just updated it, too. This hour is the conclusion of our new pet products special. We're going to have giveaways, so get ready to dial 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? Um, Laurel Bay, California. I love it, know it, and it is beautiful, and I have the whole entire dream team here. How can we help you? Um, I have a, a dog who's 10, going to be 11 in November. That is a rescue dog. He's a skipper key. And ever since I've gotten him, he's had a very unusual compulsive type of behavior. I've taken him to numerous vets, and nobody can figure out what's wrong with him. So describe what he does. Um, It starts out usually with him uh, giving a horse cough, sometimes accompanied with a yellow foaming vomit. Um, Compulsive rooting behavior like a pig. He roots and roots into everything. He'll get into orchid bark um, and eat it whole. He'll tear apart my um, rugs and eat the long... Um, strings of the rug, the carpet itself. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Outside, he sniffs around and finds dry leaves, uh, sand on the beach, uh, seashells, and he eats it all. And then that'll go on sometimes for three days, maybe four. And then he has, and during that time, he'll have often diarrhea, uh, vomiting, which is gross and disgusting because all of that stuff he's been eating comes up. And then the last thing is huge, huge, giant-sized hairballs with Mm -hmm. lots of that stuff in it. Did you say he eats shells? Yes. Wow. Okay. So he does this for a period of like three days at a time, and then what? He doesn't do it at all? This, um, when I first got him, it was about almost to the day between the 22nd and the 26th of the month on every other month. It was alternating months. Hmm. And... And then it seemed like it got to be every month, and uh, so it got to be more frequent. And then he went for a long period of time not having any, and now he's back at it again, and now it's like it could be every week. And it doesn't last as long now, um, but signs of it are still there for days. Like he may not, um, he may not have the rooting behavior, but he has this abrupt need to go out and like and he, I mean, this could be at two in the morning, three in the morning, and he goes mm-hmm. crazy. He's panting. 
Well, so when when we have a dog that's doing a repetitive behavior, um, like licking or ingesting things inappropriately, there's basically three different categories that I would look at. Um, mm-hmm. One is your kind of typical behavioral or OCD category. Dogs that do things because um, they honestly can't help themselves, um, but are more behavioral in nature. Sometimes those can be attention-seeking behaviors. Sometimes they're self-soothing behaviors that the dog actually feels a little bit better doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more of a kind of a behavioral way that we approach it. Um, mm-hmm. There's another subset of dogs that do excessive licking of various things, um, licking surfaces, people um, will ingest foreign objects that are unusual, and they can actually have digestive disorders that are triggering that. And some of it may be because of chronic low-grade nausea, that when a dog licks, it releases saliva, which actually can help to calm the stomach. It's kind of soothing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, the licking behavior isn't so much what they're doing, but they're, it's the feeling better afterwards that, they, that they're gaining. Mm-hmm. Um, for dogs that were suspicious of that, we do a full GI workup. So that might be you know hypoallergenic diets, lab work, sometimes GI biopsies. Um, so there's a lot of different things we'd go in that road. The third mm-hmm. thing that I think about is more of a neurologic cause or what we would call a seizure episode. And a lot of people say, oh, it's not a seizure. I know what seizures look like. But seizures that could cause this type of behavior are what we would term as psychomotor seizures. And that basically Mm -hmm. means that we have an altered mentation, the mental state isn't quite normal, and there's some kind of motor behavior, some kind of activity that's being done. And it may be something like a twitching, repetitive uh, limb movement um, or some of these kind of fly-biting, licking-type episodes. For me, as much of a medical workup that we can do, I like to do, and I would typically do uh, things like hypoallergenic diets and dewormings anyways just to kind of help cover our bases with the whole GI angle here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends, you know, if he's having other GI symptoms, you know, there's a lot of other types of secondary tests that I do beyond just your basic things. But if we get down to the nitty-gritty, I would be really curious to see how a dog like this would respond to an anti-seizure medicine. Um, because if this is a psychomotor seizure, an anti-seizure medicine like phenobarbital or zonisamide or Keppra might be helpful. And we would know fairly soon after starting that if mm-hmm. we were going to have a decrease in symptoms um, mm-hmm. as far as it wouldn't help for those other types of problems. So that would be in some dogs, we just have to kind of commit to an anti-seizure uh, regimen and, and see what happens. And um, you know, that's, I think, between your vet and you to decide if we feel comfortable that all these other medical things have been looked into. Because, I, you know, like I said, there's basic blood work, there's bile acid tests, there's digestive panels and things that we would do. And if all of those look good, then I would feel very comfortable trying, you know, an anti-seizure route and see, see what happens and see. Especially mm-hmm. since you say these episodes are getting more frequent in nature. I think sometimes when I look at him, to me it, it looks like he's trying to soothe his stomach by finding mm-hmm. something that will ease that pain that he's... I mean, I, don't, I think he's in pain. You can't eat mm-hmm. whole bark without having it injure your stomach, I don't think. 
Well, but, definitely, it can't feel good going down. But yeah, no. and dogs that have pica, in many cases, um, that's basically where they eat inappropriate things, um, mm-hmm. odd objects, things of that nature, dirt. Um, you know, I've had dogs that have been anemic that will do that kind of thing. I've had dogs that have inflammatory bowel disease. Um, and then even some that have things like cancer. So, I mean, mm-hmm. not saying that's what your doggie has, but sometimes there yeah. can be GI disease. It just can be a little harder to tell on the outside. So, so. at this point, what you would suggest is that I start, like, with... Um having his gut examined? Depending on where your veterinarian's been or what they've done so far, for me, what I like to do is do your basic um, mm-hmm. blood panel, a CBC and a chemistry panel. That's kind of the basics. Mm-hmm. But I would also like to see a fecal test on him. And because of looking for potential like seizure causes, there's a test called a bile acid, which would be very useful. And that helps to look at um, liver-related problems. But if, yeah, if you haven't done any kind of looking into things like that, I definitely think that it's time to do that and see what we they can do They have not. Him. You know, my vet um, has seen him several times, and they have not done any tests, that um, mm-hmm. really. Um, one vet said that we don't have much luck with digestive problems in people and even less so in animals. And so he said even if we did a whole bunch of tests, he didn't think that we would learn anything. So he didn't order and didn't recommend ordering any. Mm-hmm. I will say he also suggested that maybe I put the dog down. What? Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, put, yeah. the, put the dog down for pica? Well, well, no, I... Well, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of standard tests, and I'm in the same kind of geographic area in Las Vegas as California, and, and we use the same reference lab. So as long as, you know, your local vet has access to, to sending samples there, they should be able to perform those same tests that, you know, that, that I can do in my area. So if they're not comfortable in um, kind of working that up or identifying it, then, then you might need to get a referral maybe to a specialty practice or, um, you know, to, to another practice in the area that does feel comfortable with that. If you don't feel that you're getting your questions answered and taken seriously, then then I would find a veterinarian locally that that does. Get those blood tests. Get that. I think that's the place that you need to start at least identify what the problem is, Joe. Thank you so much for your call today. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team today. Also, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And this portion of Animal Radio has been underwritten by Voice via YCE. It's the wearable band that monitors your dog's key health indicators, including a resting heart rate, a breathing rate, and activity level. You'll even get exclusive content from experts on health and nutrition, training, and behavior. So give your dog a voice. Learn more at My Dog's Voice. That's MyDogsVOYCE.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. I'm not sure I've ever seen a story spread as fast as this one has on the Internet. Now, you've probably heard about this veterinarian in Texas, 31-year-old Dr. Kristen Lindsay, who posted pictures of herself on Facebook with an orange cat she had shot through the head with an arrow 
And the caption, my first bow kill, LOL, the only good feral tomcat is one with an arrow through its head. Vet of the Year Award, gladly accepted. Okay. Well, she was immediately fired from the clinic where she was working, and her name covered up with duct tape on its sign. It appears the cat wasn't feral at all, but it was Tiger, who belonged to elderly neighbors and had gone missing earlier that day. They've opened up a Facebook page, Justice for Tiger. As for Lindsay, she removed the post and shut down her Facebook page, but the photo's gone viral. The Austin County Sheriff's Office says it has a number of deputies assigned just to this case, and when their investigation is complete, the case will go to the DA's office, and then likely to the grand jury, which will decide whether to prosecute Lindsay for animal cruelty. She could also lose her license to be a veterinarian. Okay, yet another story to try and convince you to microchip your pets if you haven't already done it. This story comes out of North Carolina, where a family is fighting to get their golden retriever Bobo back. The two-year-old dog was adopted from the Cumberland County Animal Shelter in February. Bobo came in as a stray with no tags, no microchip. The shelter held him the legally mandated period of time, but when it was up, they adopted him out to the Eaton family. Bobo's original owner, Nikki Davis, says just minutes of the expiration of the required holding period, the staff discovered she was Bobo's guardian, but they let the adoption go through anyway. Davis says the Eatons refused to give back Bobo, so she's now taking them to court to try and get him back. Well, you know how sad many dogs look in those pictures taken at shelters and then put up online? Pretty hard sometimes to picture them as fun family pets based on those pictures. The Humane Society of Utah, though, has teamed up with a photographer, Guinevere Schuster, and they've come up with a much better way, and it worked. She put the dogs in a photo booth, and she just let the shutter fly. The pictures turned out to be amazing and really showed off the individual dogs' personalities. In fact, all the dogs in the shoot were almost immediately adopted. It worked, and they're going to do it again, and it Hopefully other shelters will give it a shot. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like Canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. That not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. We have a call for Dr. Debbie and Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? 
My lab boxer mix, who is 14 and two-thirds, uh, 66 pounds, has what has been called muscle waste. Okay, where located? On her head. Oh, okay. In front of her ear and on the side of her face, kind of the side underneath her eye. And is she having any other uh, symptoms, any trouble eating, pain, um, other type of symptoms going on? She eats very well. Her pain, uh, she's a Novox and uh, Tremadol. She uh, has arthritis. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's on those meds. She uh, is tripping somewhat with her two legs. She has had surgery on her right hind area for hemangiosarcoma. Oh, okay. And you had said she was on tramadol, and I didn't catch the other medicine. What was that? Novox. Oh, Novox. Okay. And that's kind of like a a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory is kind of what that is. Okay, so what you're describing, when when we have a a doggy that has kind of that sunken-in appearance on the top of the head, that's um, the temporalis muscle, Um, and those are the muscles that kind of fill in the dome of the head um, along either side. Um, When we have a a muscle loss in that area and also with muscle loss in the face, um, yes, we call that muscle wasting or muscle atrophy. And the first things that we really look at are are problems within the head and the muscles up in that area. There can be a lot of different causes for pets that have this. And and there's some immune problems that are basically myositis-type problems that are inflammation within the muscle that can occur. So for some dogs, um, it's a matter of kind of getting a little closer physical exam. It's really important with these doggies that I that I like to look at their eyes, test their responses to the blink reflex, test their vision, open their mouth, check for pain, because in some cases this muscle atrophy can progress to other problems where they will have pain upon opening their mouth um, or other types of disorders where they don't have a blink reflex and they can get dry spots on their eyes. So that's kind of where I kind of look at that in, in a little bit more in depth. Now, your baby's had some kind of wild and crazy stuff. If we are a survivor of hemangiosarcoma, that's phenomenal. And um, I guess I, I'm always suspect when I find out that a pet has some unusual symptoms and they have that kind of history, so I go looking. Um, but there, there would be some things I would probably do, um, some basic lab work. There are types of antibody tests that we might look at. Um, and in some pets, it's a matter of just deciding, you know, if it's not a big deal and we've ruled out all the other possibilities, um, kind of monitoring for other issues. Um, the challenge is you've got a baby who's at kind of the, the golden part of our lifespan. And, uh, some of the different, some of the different workups that we'd be looking at and doing might involve things like muscle biopsies, doing more specialized blood testing. So for me, I'm always a little skeptical. I want to look back at that physical exam and use that to help guide me and decide, you know, do we want to do these steps or is it a matter of kind of keeping her comfortable, um, keeping her on tramadol and watching for those other issues? Um, if she were, Five-year-old, ten-year-old dog, I would probably say let's do some specialized antibody tests, um, some types of blood parasite tests, and a muscle biopsy. Those would be the things I'd be looking at. But, um, you know, I, I think Cheryl would just kind of have to look at things. Now, and I should ask, has she been treated with any steroids in the recent months? I don't believe so, no. Okay. All right, because there are pets that are on long-term steroids that can actually develop problems with muscle atrophy in their head. Uh, um, he so. has a thyroid tablet. 
Mm-hmm. She's been on that for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's on a cough pill because she's been she's been coughing a lot. And mm-hmm. it's a, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> ah. Okay. And uh, does she seem to bring up any food at any times, like uh, regurgitating, bring up liquid or food? No. 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 Nothing like that. Okay. All right. Because with uh, a thyroid problem, if we have any kind of coughing, I sometimes like to check that uh, throat area. They can get some esophageal problems where they can have trouble swallowing normally. Well, she and that has can... the flaps in the back of her throat, uh, I guess, are beginning to harden. Is that correct? Mm. Okay. My goodness, Cheryl, this child has got a lot going on there. And, well, it sounds like you're very attentive. And, um, you know, I would just make sure that uh, your veterinarian inquire to see if they have any other thoughts as to what's causing that. Because um, for me, I, I hate to tell you to spend, you know, $500 worth of lab work and testing if it's a matter of that they can attribute it to something along from either her, her hemangiosarcoma um, or some other issues that she has going on there. Well, uh, she's lively. <laughs> Very good. In yard, and she runs and runs. Ah, uh, well, wonderful. Well, hey, give that baby a pat on the head for us, and um, a, a very good um, compliment to you to to helping her through these senior years and taking care of her so well. This is Dr. Debbie. We're here waiting for your calls at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Dr. Debbie is here. If you're uh, new to animal radio, she's a looker. She should be on TV. She should not be on radio. (laughs) She uh, practices in Las Vegas. So if you live in the Las Vegas area, you're heading through Las Vegas. Lone Mountain Animal Hospital is the place. And uh, you can learn more at LMAH.net. Of course, she also has four incredible reads. She's multi-talented. Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And you can learn more over at Amazon. It's a Kindle book, and we have links over at AnimalRadio.com for that. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We have Susan on the phone. Hi, Dr. Well, hi, Debbie. Susan. I have a Rottweiler puppy that's eight months old. Okay. And I don't want him to get over heavy, but I'd like to know what you would suggest as far as getting weight on him, putting weight on him. He is a very active Rottweiler. Um, okay. Are you concerned that he's too skinny right now? Yes. Has your veterinarian said that, or is it just something when you look at him, you think, eh, it looks a little too lean to me? No, I'm just looking at him and thinking he looks a little too lean. Um, his ribs are covered. I think he burns a lot more energy. I don't want to feed him a food that's real high in protein. So I'm just kind of in a quandary. What, what you would suggest would be the best in order to keep weight on him. Okay. And yet feeding him a healthy food for his growth. Okay, um, because he is a Rottweiler, I'm going to definitely say a large breed-based diet is important, and that's because we don't want to have a very rapid growth rate um, in a lot of these large breed dogs, because that can actually hasten problems like hip dysplasia and elbow dysplasia. So we want to actually we look for a slow but steady growth rate. So. It, and the other thing that I would really be looking at with him is um, there's something called body condition scoring. 
And it's kind of like when you go into the doctor's office and they say, you need to drop to 10 pounds or you need to gain 10 pounds. Sometimes it's the number, but more common, we actually look at the physical condition of the pet. And that's what body condition scoring is. So if you're filling his ribs with just a gentle pressure and you can feel the outlines, that's not bad. That's what we want. What we don't want is we don't want to be touching those ribs and have to put pressure about half a centimeter, two centimeters, and go through fat before you hit those ribs because then we know we're actually over-conditioned and that's actually bad for not only things like hip dysplasia but other orthopedic problems. So I would prefer to see most large breed dogs a little bit lean. You know, as long as he's not skinny to the point where we got hip bones sticking out or you can see his ribs from across the room, I actually prefer to keep him lean. And as they get older, you know, he will put weight on. And uh, as long as everything else is in really good shape and he's not, you know, sick or he's not having problems with GI problems, then I'm very comfortable with that. But you have to be comfortable with that. And I don't know, can you can you do that, Susan? Oh, yes, I can. That's That's kind of what I was looking for I, I think that you're you're good to be concerned about that but it doesn't sound like we're too worried that we're really getting too um, too lean and we got to remember in America everyone gets used to seeing kind of pleasantly plump dogs and, and this is a problem with our society we really get used to seeing the slightly fat dog and thinking that looks normal You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is the fifth and final week of the Animal Radio New Pet Products Special. And for the last four weeks, we've been uh, giving away all kinds of great items, including the iFetch, which was last week's item. Also, via YCE, Voice Activity Monitor, we gave one of those away. That was pretty cool, too. And then we heard from a company of animals with their green slow feeder to slow down your dogs from eating. And, uh, of course, slow Joey down from eating the <laughs> In-N-Out burgers. That's probably why you ended up in the hospital. Did they did they really see it was fluid in your lungs, or perhaps or it was bloat. an In-N-Out burger? Maybe it was bloat. It was, it was, it was full of In-N-Out burger. <laughs> and notice on the x-ray. The first week, we gave out Kitty Kush catnip, which uh, was the catnip in the grinder that we just absolutely think is spectacular and so fresh. The cats just love it like nobody's business. And we end up today with something that's not only good for the cats, the dogs, but really the entire family. It is the Arlo Pet Monitoring Camera. And while it's called a pet monitoring camera, you could pretty much monitor anything that you want. But what makes this so special is that it is completely wireless. So you can set up a couple of cameras wherever you want in the house. Uh You don't have to attach any wires to it. You don't have to do any big installation or anything like that. And then you can go on out and whip open your iPhone or your Android phone and watch your cat or dog, see what they're doing while you're away. And we welcome Arlo Pet Monitor and Camera Director of Product Marketing, Phil Pio, to the show. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. This is, as far as I know, the first of its kind wireless security camera, right? It is. It's the only one on the market that's uh, fully wire-free. Like you said, there's there's no cords, there's no power cords, which is completely um, compatible to be placed indoors or outdoors, wherever you like. Uh, so it's the only one on the market that's full HD, and it's... Uh, 
it's a great way to watch over your home when you're not there. So we have lots of people that call in. They say, okay, my cat or dog, preferably, more likely the dog, may suffer from separation anxiety when they leave the house. They go away. They don't know what their dog does, but they come back. They see the carpet all eaten up. (laughs) So they can suspect what's going on. This is great for that kind of application, isn't it? It, it is, it is, really, and I'm a dog owner myself, and um, I've seen this come into use uh, just for those types of things. You can check in any time on your smartphone or computer, anywhere you have an Internet connection, and see what's going on at home. Wow. And, and these, these cameras also have uh, motion detectors as well, yep. so, so it can actually detect motion. So let's say you have one in your kitchen or by your trash can or something that you think your dogs or pets are getting into. <laughs> uh, you can set it up to um, actually, when it detects motion, it'll send you an alert either by email or an app notification on your mobile phone, and you can actually go in and then see a recorded event. So these, these events can get recorded into the cloud, and the cloud recording is free. So you get a free cloud recording with the, with the, with the system. It, um, the recordings are, are there available for a week for you just to browse and play back or download if you kept something funny or That's want something so to keep. Cool. Um, so it's really great to catch, you know, watch over your home and your pets as, as well as, you know, security. And what makes it so unique, of course, is the fact that you can take these cameras and move them around anywhere within uh, the local Internet connection that you have in your house. I think that's cool because in the past you'd have to uh, install wires and all kinds of things. It was pretty permanent. You couldn't just move it so freely. In this case, if you want to put an eye on the trash can to see if Fido's getting in the trash can and then move it the next day, there's actually two cameras that I believe come in the... the come all together? Come, or at least that came in the kit that we're going to be giving away today. Uh-huh. I, I have to say, yes? I have an older pet, and this is beyond separation anxiety. I have a camera on my old guy when I'm away at work, oh. and it is such a ah. peace of mind because uh-huh. there are times when he might have an accident or when I can see on the camera that he's actually anxious and tr- asking to go outside, and then I can have a family member go over and take care of him. Oh. So it, it's a great peace of mind for a senior pet to have this kind of monitoring for them. It really is amazing. Wow. It is, it's funny that uh, you would think we're in really a pretty advanced technology right now that this is the first camera that I've seen like this that is, is wireless. Awesome camera. Completely <laughs> wire-free. And then, you know, the great thing is, too, is, you know, if you have a, your dogs going inside and out, um, these things are work perfectly outdoors. This is even more special because it's uh, completely weatherproof. So you can sit this out in the rain and the snow. It'll It'll work right outside. You can have it anywhere outside. So if you have dogs in a dog house or kenneled outside or, or they go in and out and you want to watch them go in and out from the you know the dog door, you can actually put these outside. You don't have to look for a power outlet. There's no wires involved, no power cords. So it's it's beautiful for placement outside too. It has uh, night vision too, right? Right. So in, in the built-in okay. night vision with infrared lighting means that you can actually see in the dark. So even if it's pitch black outside or inside, you can see exactly what's going on. Um, you know, I, I have placed mine in, uh, I have a small kennel in the house that uh, my dog likes to lie in and sleep in, and I sometimes I have to put one in the back of there so I can get a bird's eye view of when uh, <laughs> when she's sleeping there. And it's, it's really wonderful. And, and like you said, you can move it anywhere. They have a, a very unique mounting system for indoors, uh-huh. um, which is actually used a little magnetic mount. So you, you mount these little, like, half-dome-shaped balls, which allows... Um, easy positioning of the camera just to get the right angle, and if you want to move it around, you just you just un, you just unclick it. Basically, you just pull it off like a, a magnet to a wall, and um, and you can move it to another place anywhere. Ah, that's 
That's awesome. See, I think this will finally prove Hal says that uh, my dog is beating up on his cat, and I think his cat is, is beating is, up on my dog. We'll, we'll, we'll know we'll, for sure. We'll know yeah. what happens when You'll we're not know. there. You'll yeah. Know. It is our number one pick of the new pet product special for 2015, the Arlo Pet Monitoring Camera. And uh, if you want to learn more, the website, Arlo.com, we have links to everything that we've been talking about over the last five weeks over at AnimalRadio.com. And I'd like to go ahead and give one of these away right now, toll free, one 405 8405 to pick up on the Arlo camera. Of course, you're going to have to send us your videos because you can do that. You can download it and send it off. <laughs> the videos of your cat or your dog or your animals, whatever you find, we'd love to share them with you. You can actually invite other folks to be watching over your home or your pets um, in addition to yourself. And uh, it's a great way to keep an eye on things. Or you can even keep an eye on the people who are keeping an eye on things. So if you have a pet sitter. <laughs> like a pet sitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see what's going on with a pet sitter when they're at home and making sure everyone's... Uh, doing well it's, it's, it's a perfect way to check in phil thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me okay we got to get out of here and go walk the dogs hopefully you'll do the very same thing if you have any questions about anything you heard on today's show head on over to animalradio.com and download the animal radio app right now it's a free download thanks to those guys at dr fosters and smith for making it free for you for your iphone and android and your blackberry you could uh, get your questions answered right there browse the resources get all the latest news and updates and even listen to Animal Radio right from the Animal Radio app. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.